Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Well, howdy, everybody. This is the Potent Pictures Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Dave, and as always, joined by Matt, Peter, and Sean. Guys, say hello. Hey, hey. Howdy, guys. All right. Well, so I won't say unfortunately, but today we're going to talk about The Circle. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, it was Tom Hanks and uh, Hermione's uh, little new movie that just came out, and we all just saw it. came out on Friday. Who is that, And uh, I'm Thanks, sorry? Sean. I was curious, too. Hermo- <laughs> Hermione, I think he said. Hermione, Hermione. I don't know. I'm reading the books. I just translated it in my head. I, yes, I'm 20 years shy of when I should actually be reading these books. Are you phonetically incompetent? Wait, wait. You're reading them after the fact, and you're still pronouncing them yeah. wrong? Yeah, dude. I don't know. I don't know, man. Have you seen you, the movies? Hey, how, You've had eight movies, Dave. Come on. Eight like, movies. Yeah, like the first three, like 10 years ago, whenever they came out. They did pronounce, pronounce the name Hermione back then. Yeah, so whatever. Okay. It's all right. Emma Watson, fine. <laughs> Ruin. But anyway, the only thing you really need to know is uh, Patton Oswalt and, and Tom Hanks. Steal the show, obviously. Anyway, so uh, as always, we like to go around the, uh, the room and uh, see what everybody's watching and what they're drinking. So we'll start with uh, Sean today. Well, uh, this week I'm drinking, uh, I'm trying to take it up a notch with the class with uh, some red wine. Got a, a nice Rodney Strong Cabernet Sauvignon 2013 from Sonoma. So uh, that's a treat. And then uh, this week I've watched a couple of things that are uh, pretty, 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 I guess, successful from what I've heard. Uh, this, I watched The Social Network in preparation for this, uh, this circle. You know, I went back and watched that because of the fact that it's social media. It talks about Mark Zuckerberg, obviously, you guys have seen that movie. Um, that's a really good movie. I know uh, I was talking to Matt a little bit about this, but I forgot how good that movie was. I only saw it once when it was in theaters. And then um, in preparation for this, I was like, I'm going to watch The Social Network. Really enjoyed it again. And just as bad as, as everybody jokes about the Lex Luthor thing for Jesse Eisenberg, I thought he was really good in that movie. And shout out to... Uh, pre-shaved head uh Rooney Mara she uh I forgot she was in that movie as well um Justin Timberlake great pretty good casting pretty good writing pretty good uh, film all around and then I've also gotten into uh we talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago but the show Crashing on HBO it's the stand-up comedy show first episode that what I've realized is that they have celebrity stand-up comedy uh comedians in each episode um the first episode was with Artie Lang which <laughs> Artie Lang playing himself is awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's basically just a fat, slop, drunk. There's like a scene where he like, they get confronted by a mugger and Artie Lang just like takes off running and he looks like like a guy who hasn't run since the eighth grade. Uh, and then he, uh, like the guy like ends up meeting up with him and he's like eating a slice of pizza. Like, oh, where'd you go? It was uh, it's a pretty good show. And I, I didn't realize this, but it's a Judd Apatow uh, show. So, yeah, I'll probably uh, come back to this at the end here, but um, that's what I'm watching this week. But uh, I'll kick it over to Matt to kind of let him talk about what he's watching this week. So so before I get into that, I, I want to add on to the Artie Lang uh, conversation. I love the movie Dirty Work with Artie Lang and uh, Norm MacDonald. So if, if you ever need to get your fill of Artie Lang, I think that's a great, uh, great way to go. And uh, I don't know much about his stand-up, but he had one referencing how much he loved living in New York, being a fat bastard in the uh, 90s. 
because women would mistake him for Newman from Seinfeld all the time. And, um, <laughs> nice. I, I doubt that actually did work out the way he you know implied it did in the joke, but uh, I, I I like to think he, he he got lucky for that a few times. Um, in terms of what I'm watching, a lot of a lot of kind of um, movies I've seen before, just kind of going through and rewatching them, just because they're just you know great movies to watch. Um, one of which is a, a classic, Wedding Crashers, which is sad to think of how old that movie is, but uh, definitely holds up. Still good times. Um, Love, love when Will Ferrell comes out. Never gets old. And uh, I also watched uh, Hell or High Water, which oh. you know was was nominated last year. I was I was happy to get to see it in theaters, and I just got to watch it again, and it it, it was very good. I was glad it was nominated um, for Best Picture last year. And uh, if, you, if you get a chance, definitely recommend it. And today I just started watching the uh, Star Wars trilogy, trying to get ready. I'm gonna, I'm going to be out of town on uh, may the 4th and since i rarely hit the actual day anyways thought i would try to get some star wars action in so i'm doing the original trilogy got through the first two all right not a bad not a bad uh not a bad sunday no death stars there was one death star and then it was destroyed (laughs) there was no death star there was no death star in the second one well there's no death star in the second one oh yeah Uh, or sorry in in episode in episode uh, uh technically there was they were just building it did they show it in five? No, they never There's did. There's always a Death Star. They just star, rebuilt man. it. There's always a Death Star. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. I appreciate it. They had, um, to, they had to have been building it. There's always a Death Star. You guys are right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. So it existed. But yeah, so it made me want to watch uh, um, Rogue One, actually. I, I wish that I, I've been waiting for that to go on sale because I'm, I'm uh, cheap and... Uh, Wait, I I kind of wish that I did have that so I could have kicked things off with Rogue One instead. But uh, next time, I guess. As far as what I'm drinking, um, Sierra Nevada, going with the pale ale. Uh, can yeah, I never really get tired of it. So nice little beer. What about you, Peter? So I'm continuing on the TV kick. So we've we start a few new shows. Uh, one that I will talk about. I've heard a lot of good things. Is Rick and Morty. So I, this was one of those animated shows I first heard about and had seen pieces and parts, and it just looked kind of too ridiculous for me to get into. And I've heard so many good things on just random podcasts and, and elsewhere that I said, you know, I've got to try this out. Thoroughly enjoy the show. Really, really funny. It's a great adult comedy uh, animated show. Uh, they've got a lot of great callbacks to TV movies and, and anything else that's kind of pop culture, but um, you know, adding a sci-fi twist to it. So I would thoroughly recommend it for you guys. I don't know if you guys have seen it before. I've heard about it and been told to watch it. Just I I needed someone else than my uberly nerdy friends to tell me that it was a good show and it's a cartoon. So it's kind of it's kind of a hard thing for me to move over to. But if you're recommending it, I might actually <laughs> watch say, it. We are. There you go. Yeah, my, my, I'm in the same boat. A buddy's going to be upset. He kind of recommends it about once a week. So he'll be upset if I start watching it because you do. But... <laughs> It'll be hard to add another cartoon. Um, to, you know, I always like watching Futurama and Archer, so adding another one might be just too many cartoons, and I don't know if I can eliminate one of the other two, So, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. It's it's definitely worth it. So we watched it on Hulu. Um, I, I've, I think we've been through the first six episodes from the first season and have been thoroughly impressed. And actually, one of the things that got us onto it was I think it's the third season just kicked off, and they released it. I think they released it on YouTube. And it was just heard rave reviews about it. So anyway, thoroughly recommend it. Go watch it. I think you guys will crack up. The the I think the best part about it, uh, for those listening, 
the plot line is uh, it's a young kid, 14 year old kid and his grandpa and his grandpa is basically kind of like Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future. And he just invents the most ridiculous machines and they travel to different galaxies and different timelines and, you know, aliens, you know, attack the planet. And so just think of that, but in adult situations with adult themes. And I think you probably know where I'm going with it, but it's super funny. It's definitely worth it. Um, Lots of nudity. Got it. Uh, yeah, of course. Alien in, nudity. In cartoon. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know, uh, did you watch Community back in the day? I've seen a few episodes, but I haven't thoroughly watched it. So Dan Harmon, the guy that created Community, is actually the same guy that uh, created Rick and Morty, um, which is another reason why I've thought about watching Rick and Morty. And so maybe now I'll give it a shot. Because Community in its heyday was, was, a, was a damn good time. Definitely. Yeah, I was just going to say, every time it starts, I see I saw the name Dan Harmon. I'm like, what is that from that I can't think of? So there we go. That That's what it is. So yeah, re- really good writing. And, and from a directing standpoint, it's pretty great. So... Rick and Morty. And then what am I drinking? Uh, we've got some random beers in the fridge and one of them is Sweetwater 420. It's an IPA. Nice refreshing beer, especially since Texas is getting damn hot. So the the dark porters, which I love, are, are getting pushed to the back of the fridge because it's it's <laughs> just not it's not appropriate to be drinking something that's like shoving a loaf of bread down your throat when it's 100 degrees out. So So definitely recommend it. I appreciate the fact that you're drinking a nice Georgia beer when it gets hot in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you gotta, gotta love the South. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what about you? So, uh, actually I will continue along the lines of the alien nudity. Uh, I was actually watching, uh, the fifth element this weekend. It's kind of a little throwback. We just kind of popped up on it when we were searching for a movie to watch and, uh, always a good movie to sit back and, uh, enjoy. Uh, surprisingly, actually, I did find out when I was actually seeing The Circle today that they are going to release it in the theater again, at least at Cinemark, like, during the month of May. So 4K release? I may actually go catch it. I, I guess so. I didn't see what the, the anniver- if it was an anniversary or the 4K release uh, thing for it, but is it, like, a 20th or 30th, the 20th anniversary for it or something? I think it's, I think part of it's with Valyrian coming out. They're trying to get some hype, so okay. they're going to, and they're supposed to be coming out with a 4K cut on 4K Blu-ray, so I think that's kind of part of it. Interesting. So, um, yeah, but yeah, that's basically all I watched this weekend. I uh, really didn't have much time to uh, catch anything else. But on a good note, I'm actually drinking a little local beer. Uh, maybe you've heard of it, St. Arnold's. Good little local beer in uh, Houston. Dave, is that is that in Houston? Sorry, is that where their yeah. brewery is? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You can go tour it, and great place to go sit and drink and uh, do nothing. Put that on the list the next time in town. It's one of the few indoor uh, breweries where it's like nicely AC'd. So you get like, I think you pay 20 bucks, you get like four tokens for like a eight ounce beer and you get to try all the different ones. But AC as well. It's always Oh, nice. I thought the tokens were for the AC. Why? <laughs> you had to crank the machine up with some tokens. Why, why would bre- wait, so breweries like to keep people humid and drinking, I guess is the mentality. Most breweries are hot like that. Yeah. I, I've only been to breweries in California and um, the East Coast. Oh, recall, so beautiful weather. I don't recall being hot, but I might have just been liquored up and didn't care. This is true. Um, but yeah, normally it's really hot and humid in there, and uh, it wasn't, so it's kind of nice. They actually set it up real nice. They got some big, long tables in there, and um, you just got to fight for your spot, but that's about it. But other than that, it's uh, it's real good. But this is their summer summer pills. It's nice and crisp. Tastes delicious. It's perfect for, uh, for the summertime coming up, which is basically just started in Houston. And uh, it's got a pretty psychedelic can. Um, I really don't know how to explain it, but it's very... Uh, very interesting. Psychedelic is the best way I can put it. 
But uh, that's really all I got on uh, what I've been watching and drinking. So um, going forward, um, Peter, I think you said you wanted to talk a little bit about some movie news that just kind of popped up uh, as of recent. Uh, I think you were kind of looking into like the Goldblum little news on that. Yeah, so they they just released, I think it was earlier on last week, that Jeff Goldblum is going to return for Jurassic World 2. So thoroughly excited to get his character back. I think he was a huge highlight in the the original and obviously he carried the second one which was mm. which was a decent mm. sequel i mean vince vaughn uh vince vaughn yeah playing a serious part you know great great choice from vince vince vaughn's played in a couple serious parts just to, to piggyback on that but yeah it's uh i don't know if goblin carried lost world but i'd love to hear what you guys like think about that <laughs> basically shit on everything peter said yeah, <laughs> I mean he he was he was the star of it. So, well, would you say he carried? Would you would you say he carried one though? Sam Neill carried one. Come on. Well, yeah, of course. I'm not. I don't know if he has star quality. I think he's got the the one A quality, but not like the one quality. I, I'll give that to you. Although you know, there's the fly. Yeah. Uh, you know that movie without Jeff Goldblum is is nothing. That's cool. That was 35 years ago now, or what? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what movies did Better you star in 35 years ago? Wait, 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 wait. I think you're forgetting a, a pivotal role of his. Independence Day? Yeah, I said he's great as I said he's great as the 1A, but he's not the star in, in Independence Day. Bullshit. Oh, you got to be shitting me. If you don't think Will Smith is the guy in that movie, or... he's he is he is part of a team, bro. Oh, part of exactly. Team. He's the he's the 1A guy. That's what I was saying. No, 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 no. No, if you're going to do that, they're both 1As then. You can't say that. You can't say now that. Now we're going to have a conversation about alpha dogs and in, in Independence Day. <laughs> Tune in for the next episode, 1As. <laughs> we could do the, the uh, Independence Day series. Cause, uh, uh, that's a, that, that was my whole thing is that I think he was the, the, the one in Independence Day Resurgence. And I'm not quite sure I would give that movie uh, two thumbs up. But uh, what about you guys? What do you, what do you think, Peter and Matt, on that? <laughs> oh, I mean, well, Independ- Independence Day Resurgence was terrible, so I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Not However, I am excited. I am excited about Goldblum in Thor Ragnar- Ragnarok, but yeah. So yeah. I think he's again got the one A quality. This is true. Yeah, and I, I think it's a good. It is a good tie-in from our last episode. You got to call out Goldblum's going to be in that. So I'm looking forward to that. Totally agree with that. Um, the other piece of news, which goes to a, another previous podcast, Split. So. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who has not seen Split, cover your ears for 30 seconds. Split is essentially a film in the universe of Unbreakable. There's going to be an Unbreakable 2, and the title is going to be called Glass. So I don't know if you guys heard about this or if you have any thoughts on it. I have not. However, I'm intrigued to see how they keep building this universe up. Uh, I don't know. I kind of liked how they... It looks like Shyamalan is uh, moving away from... (laughs) All of his uh Shamalama Ding Dong. Yeah. <laughs> it's how he's moving away from all his like little one offs and his little twists. Now he's kinda of building a new uh a universe, which of uh, pseudo superheroes, I guess. So I think it'd be kinda of cool. But uh yeah, what about yeah. y'all? I I'm pretty excited for that. I I saw he I had read this week that he did exactly or did in fact finish the script. So good to see he's got the script going. The type the the loose title of Glass should be interesting considering the fact that um, he didn't really like set up a segue for um, you know for Mr. Glass, uh, which if you've seen it in Breakable Two or Split, um, we've got a great episode on Split, which uh, we'll have to release whenever they do uh, in fact put out um, the Glass film. But 
I, you know, I thought he would have gone more of the Bruce uh, Bruce Willis uh, split tie-in versus the the glass element, but um, nonetheless, I'm still pretty excited about it. But uh, what about you, Matt? How are you feeling about that? So my thoughts on the title is just a good way to give us a reference to you know Samuel Jackson as he's wont to do will be in another movie. Um, <laughs> but I, I assume the idea being is that you know Bruce Willis at the end, you know I think we already spoiled it, but there's a little bit of a tie-in uh, between Split and Unbreakable. So Bruce Willis becomes aware of what happens in Split. Um, I think the the idea that's going to happen is you know Samuel L. Jackson, his character Gla- Mr. Glass, is going to be also as aware as, as Bruce Willis's character was, and will somehow kind of bring them together in the next one. Um, but you know that's obviously probably pretty far fetched or maybe just a <laughs> way off. But uh, you know, there's there's been a few different um, trailers out there that I've been looking forward to seeing. Be, you know, beyond the the Shyamalan uh, announcements that have been going on, I think um, what I saw was with Ryan Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. So another another drop there is uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard, which looks like good fun, just because both those guys always do a good job. They're always you know always very entertaining. So the two of them together should be a good time. And if there's no other reason wait, to see it... Wait, wait, what, wait. It, go, talk a little bit more about this. I did not have this trailer, so I have not... It's, you missed out. It's the, oh, uh, hit, man. it's the Hitman Hitman's Bodyguard. I actually saw a reference to it earlier this week, and I thought it was a parody. Um, That's what I thought it was, too. We, we found that on uh, IMDb. Yeah, so it was a... I, you know, it was in the theater, so I, of course, saw it. It's a real thing. It, they, they even played the uh, Whitney Houston, you know... Uh, theme song to the bodyguard which if you you know if for no other reason that movie's worth seeing just because of that so it's it's basically just the two of them one of them is a hitman one of them is a bodyguard who has to protect the hitman from you know obviously somebody who wants to kill you know there's always movies where a hitman decides to go rogue and the people that paid him want to kill him so he can't spill secrets i assume it's that kind of a thing um so they're basically just one up each other one upping each other trying to save each other or kill people so should be a good time, you know, just a little simple comedy action movie. And with those with those two guys, it could either be very awesome or or not so awesome. You guys have any good trailers? Yeah, I, I was pretty excited about the Beguiled, the Sofia Coppola film that I'm hopeful will bring her back to fruition here. Um, the one starring Nicole Kidman, Colin Farrell, Kirsten Dunst, uh, and Elle Fanning. Um, did you guys have that trailer in, in your uh, movie as well? Yeah, yeah, looked really good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, I, Dave. I don't know. If if you notice that, but I think that's one of the uh, uh, Southern Oaks plantation with the uh, they showed oh, really? the trailer with the tree with the trees that lines up to the uh, plantation. I did not catch um, that actually when I was watching it because I was more like, "What is this movie going to be about?" And then I saw. I, I feel like they they released a little bit too much in that in that trailer. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I can kind of see where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, I was like, it was cool if they wouldn't have if they would have left a little bit more mystery to it but they like all the trailers man it's it seems like it's me it's become that that new thing where it's just they just release way too much and sorry yeah. but continue sorry about that no no i was gonna say like I, when i saw it like knowing sophia coppola's movies like i think um matt brought up uh, one but i i said it had like a it had like a virgin suicides-esque tie to it you know except for the fact that nicole kidman looks to be their mother um but Colin Farrell being the, the guy in the film, the, the, looks like the lone male male lead. But um, you know, it definitely got the uh, the 
from Amy was like, oh, definitely not going to see that. And I was like, oh, I'm most definitely going to see this movie. Is it because um, you think Jeff so, Goldblum will be in as a 1A male? No, I think it's because I have to, <laughs> have to look at Colin Farrell as the 1A in this movie. So You mean, you mean uh, Colin Farrell doing his wonderful American accent? Uh, you know, at this point, I just laugh. I think his Irish accent's fake, and I think his American accent's real, so... <laughs> That's a uh, that's a conversation we can have for the whenever this movie actually does come out. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the the thing that I wrote down, I was talking to Matt about this, was that Kirsten Dunst is this is this like the, when's the last time she's been in something like Spider Man uh, Three? Yeah, so I was about to say like, is, is she back now? Is she back acting as uh, after going into semi retirement after uh, or being forced well, no, into semi retirement? Did you not see Spider-Man Fargo 3? season two? Oh no, I, I'm actually watching Fargo season one now. That's that's another thing I have to catch up on next week she's, she's been keeping busy lots of lots of um i think independent movies or smaller films but uh definitely fargo oh, she's honing her is she honing her craft right now must be the case she will yeah <laughs> um tv's where you go to she, she was in um midnight special which i've been i've been meaning to to watch it's been on my list but uh fargo is definitely worth checking out if you get a chance oh you're right she is in a midnight special i would recommend that for if you guys haven't seen it it's on netflix it's really good Save it for your picks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) All righty. All right. So uh, I guess this is a good time to segue right into the circle. Initial thoughts, guys. When y'all, you know, let's let's talk about before we even went, we saw the trailers for it. What was everybody feeling on this? Uh, We can go with Peter this time. First up. Yeah. So when I first saw the trailers, it it seemed intriguing. It seemed like it had a semi-interesting plot. Uh, We'll get into this. It it reminded me of a few different movies and or kind of TV shows. So I was curious on what they were going to do with this, you know, tech company wanting all the data. And Tom Hanks has his famous line from it, which is, you know, knowing everything is is better than knowing some or whatever the hell it is. It's it's terrible. But um, it the movie looked interesting. I'll just get into my initial kind of thoughts on the actual movie. It's it's not good. I mean, it's just not good, guys. And I think I think we're all going to agree with this, and we'll talk through some of the pieces and parts. But um, they they just took what could have been, you know, interesting premise after interesting premise, and they just killed them and kind of diverted. So, uh, you know, I was thoroughly let down. It's surprising because we looked into it you know, right before this, just to see what the budget was and to see how it performed, it made about $9 million. And the budget for this was only $18 million. So super low budget. And I was, I think we were all a little surprised because it's got Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. It's got Bill Paxton, rest in peace. It's got Emma Watson. It's got uh, John Boyega. So it's got a lot of, you know, up and comers and or kind of old, uh, old standards. But I, overall, just thoroughly disappointed thought about walking out but you know we had to do the podcast so i had to have some material to bash it so um so yeah overall excited to tear into the the intricacies of how bad this is but uh matt what about you so i went back and forth on whether or not i even cared to to come and see this i I thought that the trailer had you know thought it could have some potential um but i when i woke up to go see it this weekend i kind of just lost interest I, i was less hopeful than i you know initially was from earlier earlier trailers and, and things like that i think i just wasn't hearing a lot of buzz over the weekend and so not not that i tried to like keep my ear to movie news or anything like that but i figured a friend or somebody would have mentioned it and and without that i kind of just almost thought about staying home but figured it was very important for me to be able to weigh into this you know masterpiece of a film and uh i 
I, I think you you kind of you kind of summed it up nicely, Peter. The while the budget doesn't doesn't necessarily um, mean much in terms of what the movie quality is going to be, I'm surprised that it was so low with the number of, uh, as you said, kind of mainstays in, in the profession and and up and comers, and uh, overall the film built up a lot of different plot points and just kind of went nowhere with any of them. So it was, it was a bit disappointed leaving the leaving the movie even after not expecting much from it. Yeah, what about you, Sean? Yeah, I think I'm going to echo a lot of the same sentiments that you guys had. Um, just going into it, you know, Emma Watson's been really good as of late with some of the film choices that she's made. Uh, you, you see Tom Hanks and, you know, he, he goes uh, hit or miss with the movie selection he has. But, um, you know, John Boyega, another big name that was in this movie. Bill Paxton, as you guys mentioned. Um, another guy like Eller Coltrane, who was uh, from Boyhood, who I recognized... Um, who I thought had done a decent job in, in that movie. Um, but all of these these names together just, yeah, it was really just all over the place. I was kind of just like, okay, like going into it, you know, unique concept because the more and more people that uh, become slaves to Apple or, or, you know, use Google or if they're using Google products or, you know, there's, a, there's or Facebook, for instance, um, with me just watching the social media or the social network, sorry. Um, it was an in- interesting concept. I was excited. I was, when I say excited, I was like, when we talked about this last week about what was coming up, I was looking forward to, you know, t- talking to see how this is going to be one of those other films that somehow re- relates to the current situation of what's going on with social media. Um, but yeah, I mean, the director, the James Ponsole, I wasn't really too big on you know i didn't really know a lot about his films but then looking up his imdb page um end of tour which is a movie that i mentioned earlier was um something that i'd heard a lot of good things about i know peter you said you had actually seen it and had been pretty keen on it but uh, yeah it was a great movie overall yeah see overall like i think this guy this director who seemed to have some momentum moving forward um you know with a lot of the movies he's made just dropped the ball significantly on this one um I mean, it, it's an interesting topic, I guess. Uh, they had a book that was written about it, um, which, from what I've read, was uh, pretty, pretty, I guess, in line with what the book was, which makes me think that, like, why would I want to read a terrible book after seeing a terrible movie? Um, but, yeah, I think, um, I think I'm pretty, was pretty down on it with all the potential that it had. But, uh, Dave, what about you? So, um, very similar to y'all, I... Uh... I had higher than I think y'all, y'all's expectations was going into it because I was based on the previews and everything. I was kind of hoping it was going to be just a updated version of. And I know me and Peter talked about this a little bit earlier uh, when we were talking offline, but uh, it was um, it was kind of like a rehash of antitrust. So that's what I was hoping what was going to be there. Unfortunately, it was I, I and I said this earlier to everybody. It was kind of more of a a mishmash of plot lines that. I could have watched on Black Mirror, a great show, by the way, and it had the potential to go and drive down these different paths for all these great little plot lines, but they didn't utilize them at all, and it was just, as much as I don't want to say this, it was almost a waste of my time watching this movie, unfortunately. Um, they had some cool cool effects in it, I, w- I would say, and I think we all agree on that, that the, um, the, the comment section things that popped up and stuff like that, how they intertwined that with the, um, with the movie itself, I think worked perfectly, but... From a plot perspective, with all these great actors and everything, I was I wish they would have had um, a little bit more insight into it. Just looking at how badly it all tied together, it was just not 
it just didn't do it at all for for me. I walked out kind of excited to come do this uh, review because we were just I, I knew everybody was going to tear into it. Unfortunately, <laughs> as sad as that sounds, but um, so going from there, you know, everybody kind of gave their little you know their our, our initial thoughts on it. Let's let's kind of focus on the Circle Company itself and the the way they introduced it in the movie was as her job. And I think we're going to kind of move into a little spoilers here and there, so just you know, FYI, but. The way they introduced the company, The Circle, which is very similar to a Google and Facebook and Apple all kind of combined into one, uh, through her job as like a customer service rep and her work through there. So do you guys want to comment on all the intricacies of The Circle and how they make sense and how they definitely did not make sense? Uh, Shawnee, you go for it. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll lead us off here. Um, yeah, I think the company as a whole, like you mentioned, Dave, has a lot of similarities to big big businesses that are uh, in, in Silicon Valley these days. Um, I wasn't, I guess, first off, I was trying to figure out whether they were a product service company, um, whether they were um, just like a search engine, whether they were all of the above, um, which it seems like they really were. I think what we really did, um, or what they really did too as well, was um, just try to I guess change the face of change your life interactions with like people with social with like your devices. Um, I don't know. I was just <laughs> I was just I spent a lot of the time just laughing at some of the things that they dropped in there. Um, like in the from the, the moment where she is introduced to the circle by um, um, her friend, which was Karen Gilm's character. Uh, how how she was like, oh yeah, I got you an interview here. And she was like all excited and she goes through the interview process, which I thought was, I, I thought was very funny with uh, the questions that they asked her and, and what she was and sort of just, I guess the way that they was sort of looking for um, of how they screen people um, from that so, moment to how she's introduced to go ahead, Dave. Sorry. So no, I was going to say for that, for that interview process, I know, and Peter, you might be able to back me up on this a little bit. Maybe uh, Matt as well. I don't know if y'all have actually interviewed for one of those tech firms at all. But apparently that's the kind of questions and stuff they throw at them to see wait, how, wait, they, how they Dave, do. Dave, do I work at one of those tech companies? I, I don't know. <laughs> do you? Then I, didn't, then I didn't interview. You may have interviewed for it, just not gotten the job. It's always <laughs> that possibility. I've never heard of such a thing. No, uh-huh. that, that, is, yeah. that is what they do there. I, I actually thought the interview process was... was well, you know, I can't say whether how realistic they are, but I thought it was a good portrayal, especially yeah. for for the movie. And and I, I think Sean previously mentioned something related to the to the internship, kind of the blender question that Google was notorious for asking back in the day. I think the answer is you know pretty notorious now, but um, you know it was kind of along those themes, that kind of questions, it was quick fire, yeah. things like that. So I I do think that was a a, a good portrayal there, and it was a decent decent setup for the the company that it actually kind of got me intrigued as to how the the company was going to be portrayed mm. um i was just gonna say i think that was probably the most genuine part of the whole movie from from there it just went down yeah and then the movie yeah the movie spent the rest of the time making me care less <laughs> and less about the company and the people and the well real, i'll just say real quick the only thing that really made me that sold me as well was the fact that she went from like two monitors three monitors to five monitors and i was like that's that's how we would always do it i always got my one monitor and i'm like ah, i need another one and keep going that was a legit thing that i could see <laughs> really dave really the number of monitors come on dave come on 
<laughs> that 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 stuck out to me, man. It, she got to like five or six with a tablet and her phone. That's a little that's a little too much. But starting with one and maybe getting two or three, that's fine. Don't lie, you know you were jealous when you saw that setup. Oh, were like, uh, no, no, absolutely jealous. Uh, I mean, a little bit much in terms of realism of a company requisition. No, I know, and, I know. And sending and sending sending two people out to describe what the monitor's for, you usually have to beg for it. That was creepy so. as shit, that scene. Did y'all agree? So one of the things I wanted to make sure we talked about was the absurd company company Kool-Aid that everybody was drinking. They actually even mock it in the movie. They reference it. Um, but then the two people that mock it, one person stops caring about it, and then the other person just starts drinking it. So, so um, <laughs> Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, the, the, you meet some people in these companies that are just absurdly obnoxious in terms of their identity within the company like that's how they identify as the company i don't know if that happens in in real life movies portray it that way sometimes and i hope nobody gets that um sucked in but uh some of the way companies treat you nowadays they do want you to you know they do want you to basically live there and spend all your time there socializing with people at work um so these were the two people that we were introduced to that kind of described or gave you that sense of the optional participation in the company and so yeah, they're they're very creepy. Who who here has actually watched Black Black Mirror? Yeah, I was just gonna say this is exactly episode one from season three. They 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 took a great premise yes. and they just butchered it in this movie. So I I can let you go for it, Dave. But yeah, I, that's the first thing I thought of. Yes, yeah, so, so it was it was an episode based on your I guess it was your approval rating from everybody and everybody as you interacted with people. And this is the Black Mirror one. How um everyone's approval rating was how you moved around in the world. So if you spoke to someone or you said thank you, they would give you like five stars or something like that. But as, you know, you treated them like shit or anything, they could reduce it and then people would constantly, you know, your average rating was the thing that held you in society. And I thought that was a great thing. They were bringing that up. They, they introduced, I think, in, in this movie was the, and y'all might have to, the party, what, I've, it's the party, party number, party count or something. Party so score, that, yeah. And that was yeah. the score internal to the company, yeah, the party rank. Correct. And participation rank. Party yeah, rank. it was like a participation score. And I was like, oh, this is this would be a great plot point. And then they never talk about it again. They show it occasionally where her original number was like 10,000 and it moved up to like 5,000 in the rankings. And then it was in two, but it's... No, so that, that was like within two minutes of after the original point, and then after that they never went back to then it. In, yeah, the, yeah, it was, and th- this was the biggest issue with this movie was that it was just they had great plot points that they were like pushing toward, and they would just never finish them. And, and that that's the thing that killed me, right? Is that Black Mirror took that interesting idea of everybody can score you, and what they did with it is they said that score connects to how you can actually rent an apartment. If you don't have a high mm-hmm. enough score, you can't rent an apartment. If you don't have a high enough score, you can't buy a plane ticket. You know, the scoring actually affects your daily life. And this kind of alluded to that by saying, yeah, you need to do things and we're going to give you this score. And just like you said, Dave, like every other plot point, they talk about it and then they literally ditch it five minutes after they bring it up. So it's just totally disappointing. So just to sidetrack on the black mirror episode there was actually an app that was released like two years ago that had that same premise um and it was announced and there was a ton of backlash prior to the app launching and so they completely changed it like you had to it made they made it so you had to approve somebody's ranking of you so like if i gave dave a one um out of five he could say no i don't want that to count against me and um that's just not really it it wouldn't matter 
So they completely, you know, obviously the app never went anywhere, but there was an actual app that was supposed to be based off of ranking people. And that may have been where the Black Mirror um, episode came from. I'm not sure, but it almost became a reality. It never took off because <laughs> so much backlash in the real yeah. world, which is nice, which is also a good kind of perception uh, <laughs> to what they, they kind of portrayed people in the movie getting really enthusiastic about these types of things. Um, and luckily in the real world, I think we're a little safer, or maybe farther from it. Um, so, I, and I think a nice, I think a nice one is, and Sean, you, you would appreciate this one is, is it was kind of like a, how they excited they were about the most pointless little things was, it's kind of representative of like Silicon Valley of how uh, excited they get about all these little, these little doodads and, and little software things they develop and how it's all going to change the world. And they got, you know how, and Silicon Valley is a, is a big satire on the whole industry. But I felt like I was watching almost an episode of that and how excited everybody would get about, like, the little piece of code or something like that that would do something regarding, uh, I think, what was it, the uh, the apps that they introduced in the movie itself. What was it, Soul Searcher, and then what was the other one? Um, uh, there was one earlier in the movie that they It was the camera. True, the True Source? Oh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. The C-something. C-Sense or C something change. like that. C-Change. C-Change. C-Change, yeah. Terrible and just you know the, overly uh, excited C-Change about it. Saves our lives. World's yeah. worst marketing yeah. department. <laughs> oh god! Like I mean, the overall like the idea of just the the company as a whole, like the culture, the everything from the how she starts out the movie, like hate, like not buying in. Like you guys were talking about how she wasn't drinking the Kool Aid. How she that one moment of how you know going out, getting going out kayaking, being her rebel self. Uh, <laughs> getting the kayak um can we talk illegally. about that a little bit more so yeah so, i mean we could definitely go into that but just uh, yeah so, so that's that is what set up the kind of the change she was very apprehensive to the whole idea and out of nowhere you know a friend kind of gets mad at her and she decides to go kayaking on a um you know out out in the bay this takes place in uh in the bay area uh, in california san francisco and so she goes out into the bay it's at night. She steals a kayak. I, I don't. I don't care about that piece. But I, I don't want to sound like a pansy. But I don't know why you think night kayaking in the bay where there's boats and crap and fog is a good idea. Um, but the entire time I was like, this is is this is this movie going to end with her just dying in the ocean and being like, oh man, I wish we had cameras everywhere to save her. And obviously, <laughs> she kayaks past a buoy, so we know that that's going to happen. But it, it was just obnoxious. It was absurd. Like, I, I don't know how upset you guys have ever been, but. That's I thought it was going to connect to the movie The Guardian, so Ashton Kutcher was going to dive out of a helicopter and <laughs> save her from the water. And, and, uh... <laughs> and Kevin Cosner just skulls him from above. Now you're talking. That, that's a movie. I, that would have been a great movie. I would have been on board if that if this movie went that way. Way better. New Universe tie-in. Would have been a way better movie, for sure. Granted, that's not <laughs> a good movie either, but better than this. <laughs> so, a million sorry. times better than this. Uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> No, but it's true uh, though, because that that scene that was supposed to be the turning point, right? Yeah, she's got a breakdown, and then right immediately following that, her opinion changes, and you know the I can't think of what his character's name is, but Tom Hanks, kind of the CEO of the company, pulls Eamon Bailey. Yeah, Eamon pulls her up on stage, and I don't remember the lines of dialogue, and I'm glad I don't because this movie was terrible. But you know, <laughs> she essentially just says says you you said something smart to me. What was it? Like, oh yeah, I, it's. It's a bad thing if everybody doesn't know your every move. Yeah, it's wrong. You're... Secrets are lies. That's yeah. what it was. Secrets are lies. So they basically have her character change, do a complete U-turn just to drive the plot forward. So let me ask this. Were y'all, were y'all actually thinking she was playing it 
at first. I thought she was playing off that, at f- like the um, the whole concept. I thought she was just trying to keep her job. That's that's what I assumed her entire motivation was to like this whole scene. And then I realized, oh no, no, they they've changed her completely opinion. Not, not I was to, hoping it was the other way. Yeah, I, I agree. Not not to just to build on though. Even at the end of the movie, some of the things she was del- like, some of the things she was saying sounded sarcastic. So I thought she was still playing people in some way, and it turns out that she just makes zero sense as a person, as a human being. She's not believable. <laughs> but um, I, I actually thought that so that sea change, the idea is that there's just cameras that apparently don't require power, which sound absolutely awesome. You can just put them anywhere, and they're very high resolution. And, Mini and nuclear like that. reactors. That's what it is. Nuclear batteries. I'm in. As, as long as they, you know, don't forget to put the, you know, keep away from small children so they don't swallow them kind of a thing you're in, you're in good shape but uh, <laughs> they were small speaking speaking of on that i did think it was very funny that there was a scene in the bathroom post this um emma watson's character <laughs> personality change um where emma watson is sharing her whole life with by wearing a, a body camera and um, she has to go to the bathroom for a few minutes of privacy to talk to somebody and one of the girls in the bathroom stall sees one of those small cameras and just swats it down and says perv and i was like yeah, that's sadly probably exactly where ninety percent of those would end up. But, um... <laughs> she goes transparent at that point, like after the uh, was it after the the incident you guys were talking about? Yeah, that's. And what I think called. that yeah. like that whole situation that you guys sort of brought up, how you know it was during one of their, I guess it was their Dream Friday, which she kind of makes that uh, the the switch where she goes to being just the outsider to being part of the brainwashed masses. And how, you know, she's like buying in and going through all this stuff. And it's funny how like her friend who was Karen Gillan's character, how she was, she goes from being like the one that was completely dialed in, bought in, like all about the circle to flipping the switch to just being all against everything that's the circle. And that was kind of interesting because it translated in that, during that bathroom situation that you guys were talking about, which was another thing that I was like, where's this going? Um... But I mean, how, do you guys, I know we talked a little bit about this uh, previously, but like, what's the point of all those Dream Fridays? Like, where are they going with this? Like, uh, do you think that she knew, do you, like, that was, I guess that was one of the other 50 storylines that we, and we're glossing over so many right now, <laughs> because there's just so little, so many different things. But uh, I mean, what was the most, if you had to pick one and like, that sort of stood out, what was it? I don't think there was one. I think you put it great, which is they just kept glossing over things. The The closest one for me was there's kind of the, the big data, big brother kind of piece of they're collecting all the data to do something nefarious with it. And they earlier in the film, they talk about there's some antitrust stuff. And then all of a sudden, this sen- senator that's trying to bust them for, you know, breaking antitrust laws, all of a sudden that senator's, you know, getting getting. Uh, pulled in by the cops. So, you know, obviously the company's doing something with data to to get her. They they don't touch on that. Um, you know, John Boyega's character, Ty, mentions that, you know, they're, they, they have these secret nefarious plans and they're going to build all these servers to stay, store the data and then they're going to use the data to, to do things. They never go back to that piece. Even at the end of the movie, you know, they want to create this soul search tool to search individually for any person on the planet. And... There's no 
there's no motivation for why they'd even want to do that. They never go into it. It just, it honestly just seems like a bunch of crazy rich people who have no clue what the hell's going on. So they're like, hey, let's uh, let's just try some cool stuff. What do you think? Well, that's uh, that's pretty much what it is, though, in life, right? They they're just trying to get people to go there so they can sell ads to them, and then the more you go there, the more they learn about you and they sell ads. So, I mean, that's it's basically they're just trying to be the movie's trying to be like technophobic, I guess. I think is the kind of term. And so they just throwing all the movies just trying to throw out like any possible scenario and then hope that one or two of them sticks with people and people are like, oh, yeah, technology is scary. And rather than doing one potential realistically, they just throw every possible thing at the wall and hope one sticks with you. And it's painful. Well, and that's the thing, like, I think I agree with you. I mean, there's there definitely is that kind of technophobia piece of it. But the problem is what so Dave touched on it, what antitrust did really well was it it picked a plot line, you know, they're going to use data and then it gave you an actual end goal. Like the, there is a big bad in that movie. The big bad is, you know, a single person or a single entity. And that entity actually, at some point you find out what their goal is to do what they're doing. The problem with this movie, nobody actually has an actual goal. So yeah, to your point, Matt, you know, they're going to collect data and they're going to sell ads. Okay, fine. You know, Google and every other big tech company on the planet is already doing that today. So it's not really, that's not an enemy, right? They don't have a goal that's nefarious. It's basically just everyday life with a bunch of idiots. So that I think that's what's so unmotivating about this movie is that there's nothing out of the ordinary or interesting with it. They just kind of take everything and go, eh, we'll, we'll let you think of it. it it's just not satisfying. Yeah, I mean, it's... Not even just, I haven't seen antitrust, but, you know, I obviously need to, but that's just general, normal movie or storytelling. There should be something that you learn about Correct. somebody that, that drives them or why it's happening. And this movie introduces maybe five or six potential things and doesn't actually carry any of them forward. So you don't really have any reason exactly. to care about anybody or anything or why anything's happening. It's, um, it's pretty rough. It basically takes, it basically takes five separate, you know, possible endpoints or five separate storylines mashes them together and just does not do shit with it and and i think that's the biggest issue whereas you've got shows like black mirror who take this concept and it'll blow it a little you know i keep going back to black mirror i truly love the series if y'all still i will say it again this is gonna be my potent pick for the week is just go watch all of them because it's just you know it's one of those shows that actually takes the that little that little idea that they had and just runs with it and then they, they blow it a little out of proportion in, in terms of that but this movie just did not do anything. The senator, the um, the idea that they were gonna put oh the the subway the the subway scene. What was the point of that? Did did y'all so catch that? That was just to say that they're gonna store all this data for the senator, and they have space to store a ton of data for everybody on the planet. Um, it just it. it didn't I mean, it was... that it, it it really did not do it. And all of a sudden, uh, Boyega's character was just like, oh wait, you're you're in on it, and we can never talk again, and then runs away. And then never talks to her again until the until after her can, friend dies. Can we, and then... can we backtrack real quick? So the scene sure. at the party where we let Emma Watson and John Boyega meet each other is so weird to me that makes the, zero sense. I, You've never had a woman walk up to you while you're standing there. I look exactly like John Boyega, and at any party, not a single <laughs> girl. <laughs> no, I I, I look. You about mean as you far stand from, you stand in the corner I, I look and about hide as far wine from and it as possible, but. 
it, it makes no matter what it, it makes zero sense like there's not even like an in, he doesn't even do something interesting he's just standing there on his phone like that's just rude actually to interrupt somebody for no reason like <laughs> unless unless it's tom hanks well he did pull wine out of the bush which that is... sounds like innuendo but he he did pull wine out of the bush but that was after the fact right so like she didn't know there was wine in the bush so it, by the it, way didn't he speak speaking of the wine did, did anyone else think that looked like gas station wine it was it was cupcake wine. Those are like five dollars a bottle. Yeah, yeah. that was okay. part of my. That's uh, what I thought. Product placement. Yeah. <laughs> F- fancy wine. Yeah, cupcake <laughs> is, that, is a sponsor is, of this podcast, by the way. Is that how they? Uh, is that how they afforded uh, Tom? No, I don't think so. Definitely not. By cupcake wine ads, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, it's not not to the level of Fate of the Furious, but yeah, cupcake wine <laughs> drop. This movie's kind of like one endless MacGuffin. Like everything just happens because it has to happen. There's no reason anybody does anything that they're doing. I mean, literally to your point earlier about Emma Watson, she just completely changes because it suits the plot. Um, You know, her parents, you know, her dad's sickness is there because it suits the plot. It has no real purpose at all. It's just, it's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. Just like some of the comments, like she was getting after being live, uh, you know, being being live, um, or what's it called, going transparent again. Yeah, we're waking up and, and getting to see everything from the comments that make. Which, you know, I'll, we can talk about some of our favorite comments from that part because that might have been the most entertaining part. That of the was film. very entertaining. Uh, my favorite comments were what were coming up when they when she looks for to talk to her parents and then she flips to the screen of their house when they're in the bedroom. And I'm just like, oh, God, with the, the penis pump action. And then uh, the comments are like, oh, God, I don't think this is supposed to be on. <laughs> uh, this is great. But what about you guys? What do you think? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, no, my, my favorite ones were the, the, the random one-offs that made absolutely no sense to the actual content of the movie. Uh, so, like, you know, she was like, uh, I think it was when she had just flipped over for the uh, the penis pump or something like that that scene and like she's kind of freaking out everybody's like oh it's okay something's wrong like that then all of a sudden you see the one little in the back corner that's like i ate i just ate some checks mix and those are my favorite ones because it's like that crap that you see on reddit all the time where it's just like constant bitching 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 and all of a sudden that one person would throw that little comment in that makes absolutely no sense and that's what i was looking for that those entire scenes couldn't care less what everybody else was commenting on the movie itself but or the scene excuse me those are my same uh, those are the same for me I, I felt like they actually literally like did browse reddit or something and just grabbed the <laughs> random quotes and i think that's the most like realistic thing they did in the movie um i love the one after that penis pump scene um which was product placement for austin powers was somebody somebody wrote may's mom is greater than may which I feel like anytime something <laughs> like that comes up, like if there's a picture of like a parent or something like that or a dog or something, like there's always going to be this other thing is better than the person that I'm watching right now. And it's, it's fantastic. So the comments absolutely made it. Shout out to Glenn Headley. Sorry, who? I said shout out to Glenn Headley, which is the Dick Tracy, the D- test from Dick oh, Tracy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually, I actually just, I actually just bought um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Cause that's oh, yeah, she's in that one too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Mr. Holland's Opus is a, is always one that I was got ah, in the day. Great movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, Sergeant but, uh, Sergeant Bilko, another one, another great. But all these films are like I haven't seen her in a lot of things lately. But yeah, like the '90s was like the last time she she was big in the. No, 90s. she's had a couple things I think, but like she was big in the '90s and yeah, like obviously with some of those movies we listed off. I was gonna say, you know, I don't know if we we talked about this uh, beforehand or if we mentioned it to n- this time, but you know, speaking of product placement, we were kind of talking about a a certain band that made a, a little cameo in the movie, 
Did we uh did we actually talk about uh Beck's little cameo at all? The most pointless cameo in, in a film that I've seen this year, probably. Uh, yeah, it's uh terrible. It's like oh, I could have just had any any band, like anyone, like you could have saved yourself a couple hundred thousand dollars to put towards some sort of writing is, writer who could have Be- made a. I don't know. Is Beck doing that bad? Now? No, I mean like, Beck cashed a check on this. Like they exactly. they probably paid him five hundred thousand dollars. wondering for a thirty like, second why cameo. Would you- do well, that well because the music artists have no clue what the hell is going to happen they just go oh we're going to pay you money we're going to put you in a movie I'm like oh great i mean they'd have no say in it nor do yeah, they they don't read the, the script they do... no dave were you questioning why beck did it or were you questioning yes. why the movie would get an actor oh well, okay both, both actually both oh, okay. because it's like it's more of like would beck why would beck like look at it and go well yeah i understand why they're doing this well i was more of a is beck doing bad where he needs to do this and they were like hey free advertising because how the hell do no, I afford yeah. them on that eighteen million dollar eighteen million dollar budget uh, for those effects that they did? And then the qu- the next question is is why would the movie even do this? Because that's a cost you could have just saved and put it into the actual screenwriting. I have to assume movie. some producer like really wanted Beck to play at his wedding, so he was probably like, <laughs> "Hey guys, we super we super need Beck in this movie. Maybe um, it's gonna be two it's gonna be two seconds. You're gonna hear about five <laughs> seconds of song." Um, and then he does that, and then he's like, "Hey Beck, I'm getting married in a few weeks. What do you think? Remember that time? Is that you think? Well, you think he's? I have uh, no idea. He's, but he's having cupcake, the, uh, cupcake least, wine. Uh, yeah, cupcake wine's gonna actually, that cup, you know, cupcake wine money. <laughs> but no, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna actually do his wedding for him. They're gonna, you know, bartend his wedding. But anyway, um, we we went on a little tangent on that one. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no surprise, no surprise. Fair enough. We need, to, we really need to get that tangent. Uh, clock going or counter i'm working Man, on it that would be, yeah, well, get on the coding i don't have enough transistors yet <laughs> it's gonna take a pretty powerful computer to count this high though <laughs> it would i was gonna say i do want to throw out so i didn't realize this was based on a book by dave eggers um and i was talking to my wife earlier today and she kind of mentioned i think she either has read part of it or i'd heard something about the book that it was kind of decent but i think my point there is you can see a little bit how this could come from a book because a book would easily be able to flesh out some of these 50 plot points and potentially make them a little more palatable and kind of get you into the characters. It's just a long way of saying they, to your point, Dave, they needed some screenwriters who know what the hell they're doing because they yeah. they must have taken too much material and didn't know what the hell to do. And Matt, I think you even said it at the beginning of the podcast, they literally just threw it all up on the wall and just hoped something would stick, so... Well, Peter, to your point, that might be because I mentioned that earlier where I was reading where they said that a lot of the book translated into the film, which I guess this sort of supports a lot of things that people say all the time when they're like, it's a lot different than the book. Well, because in a movie, when you put a lot of the things that that are in a book, it it can become disjointed, which in this which in this instance, it completely just it's just shit on the screen that you have no idea where it's going so maybe that's a good good point as to why there's a lot of changes sometimes when when books end up uh being put into movies so but yeah i I mentioned that same thing earlier so i'm glad you know that you guys picked up on that and your wife enjoyed the book so obviously it's a good read but um i don't know i guess overall do you guys do you have much more to say on this movie or do do we just want to kind of give our final thoughts on it and put it, close the book. So I kind of want to bring up the point about the, the voting idea that they had. So did y'all feel at any point in time, were y'all feeling like your privacy was starting to get like, like pushed over in this type of movie? Because it's like, it's like every single person that worked at this company just did not give a shit 
about anybody else in the real world that was outside of the circle. They were just like, oh, yeah, we should force people to do this. Oh, we got the government in our back pocket. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And it just seemed like there was just nobody with some common sense other than... Um, John Boyega. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. That is the only person in the entire company. And eventually Karen Gunn. Yeah, yeah when she's like, true, give me the fuck out of this. Yeah, well, basically. no, that was because she questioned somebody. Well, he, she questioned um, what's-his-face's uh, decision based on that senator. And then they, they just... Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. Yes, thank you. It was, it, it, it was him. Okay. I don't know if Ter- I couldn't remember Terrible addition to the movie. Probably. God, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, what... <laughs> Come on. Like, what has he done besides narrate the Goldbergs? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. He he should stick to uh, filibusters where he talks about yes. the whole universe. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you. That would be Thank awesome. Thank you. Just bring him in to do that in every movie. I think he'd make billions. I did like him in Justified, though. He he was a good. He uh, is good. He's he's good at he's good when he plays his part. His part is you yeah. know the comic relief. This movie, but is, not not yeah, not, not the good. serious he's not the one he's not the one that emma watson would walk up if he was standing by himself at a party. like i mean is he living in his mom's basement too or does he have his own little basement that he lives out at the, the circle <laughs> what do you, dude come the on he was wearing a suit he was wearing a suit without a uh, without a tie you know yeah but he had he, he had a suit with that shirt with the patterned collar which uh everybody knows that <laughs> only people that wear patterned collars are armenian gangsters fashion faux pas perhaps <laughs> sean you are a resident fashionist, a fashionist yeah, those are the little details that i noticed dave i will say to your voting comment so and i think this goes along even with the end of the movie her i'm just so confused how everybody's even following her because she she doesn't have one legitimately original um enthralling idea throughout the entire movie and that vote, you know, the voting idea is one. She just says, "Yeah, everybody's got a circle account, so why wouldn't we just make everybody vote?" Like, I'm sure that the CEO should have already thought of that idea, because any yeah. other person on the planet would most likely think of that and go, "It's completely asinine; it would never work." And then it, and then it goes into the end of the movie where the same thing. She's up on the stage and she reveals, you know, we've got all the emails. We're going to release the emails of the CEO and the COO. Um, and then she walks off stage and everybody's following her and she's just making this comment, we're, we're going to change this company. Why would anybody, she, she has no capability to run a company. She knows absolutely nothing. The only thing she is, is a big pawn on the stage. Yep. It's just, it's hilarious. It's completely hilarious. And also she, it, it's absurd because she wasn't actually going to change the company. She was going to do exactly what they wanted. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> which so, is, which the movie, so, the end and is which, so terrible. What's so upsetting about it is that John Boyega wanted to figure out a way to stop them. And then for some reason he helps her stop them to let her do the exact same thing he wanted to stop them from doing. But she's not going to use the information. Come on. Power never corrupts. Power never corrupts. No, but but all the all the data is whatever nefarious things they did was just to gather, enable them to add more data to do get you know get more ads and sell more ads, you know or you know so that's all it was. So if the company still has to store the data for whatever reason, it's still going to be to sell ads and make money. Otherwise, it would go bankrupt. Yep. So it so she's going to do the same thing. The the ending made no sense. I mean the the ending literally made zero sense. She. She's sitting in a kayak and drones are taking pictures of her. Even though her best friend was just killed from the same way, she's completely okay with continuing to do this. <laughs> Makes zero sense. That's how you mourn, right? You you 
somehow you indirectly cause the death of your friend, you go home for four days, and then you go back and decide you need more drones? Yeah, I think that's the 13th step, actually. Okay. It's it's 12 is <laughs> okay. drones, and 13 is take over a multinational company. I think that's... Uh, Perfect. Yeah. God. I guess that okay, worked out well. Okay, but you'll have to admit, it did, it, that ending did drive one of the best things that came out of that movie. <laughs> the only good the line. That it ended? Well, that's okay. Two good oh, things Tom, that came Tom out of that. The only okay. good line of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> We're fucked. <laughs> All time. We don't know why. That might go on the, the Tom Hanks highlight reel. <laughs> I think that was the only actual curse word in the entire movie, and it was the best played line. And I think that was probably the yeah. only time Tom Hanks had fun throughout that entire movie. I, I agree. He definitely called it in for this one. It was just... Uh... Patton Oswald had to hurry up and run off stage so he can go clear out his cachet. <laughs> i'm sorry what cash okay no no i heard it but i didn't know, <laughs> I know. If it was more. <laughs> that's another one of those pronunciation things i don't want to get into yeah i was waiting you to had see to go drink you... a la croix yeah wait, was, this, was this a wait was that a reference to like clearing browser history yeah of course yeah so so they already downloaded this so that wouldn't help but i, I appreciate the theory <laughs> no I was, I was laughing because of the fact that that's what he just ran off stage and i just thought that, that was hilarious um Oh, I for I forgot he ran off stage. Uh, yeah, he he did. Yeah, he just bailed. I guess he actually had to go to his next acting gig because he's like, this movie sucks. So he just he just left. <laughs> he's like, Mike, I'm gonna cash in my paycheck now. That's that's actually why I think Ty had such a small part. John Boyega is like, you know, I'm I'm in Star Wars, bitches. I'm out of here. I'm not gonna be on this movie anymore. He found See, out how can, shitty it was. That can be taken both ways, though. Like, Star Wars is also one of those things that can also be a career killer. Just are you people, talking about uh, Hayden Christensen? Are you talking about Hayden Christensen? He yeah, had that. he he had jumper. <laughs> he had jumper. Now, how many other movies did you see? Like uh, jumper. What did no, you? No, I was gonna say like uh, Carrie Fisher or uh, after after Star Wars. Mark Hamill. Well, the best movie Mark Hamill in was was in after was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> Cockknocker. <laughs> he was Cock-knocker. also, but he was also the Joker. So I mean, he went into voice acting. So he was like, yeah, it's all about. I guess it's capitalized on what you can get. He's a legit Joker. I will say he's a legit Joker voice actor. Like scary. Like yeah. scary. Super good. <laughs> but you also got Harrison Ford. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, he's he was already... Yeah, he's the guy. He's yeah. a one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so since we're uh, since we're uh, getting down that, that uh, tangent track again, let's uh, circle yeah. back and kind of give our final thoughts. So, Dave, uh, yeah, what do you think overall, Dave? <laughs> well, I think I expressed my comments about this uh, more than <laughs> once, but... Uh, I'm gonna give this one a big, uh, a big old stinky poop on on my ratings. Um, if you really want to watch this and see how it could go, go watch uh, Black Mirror. Uh, it's a lot better. You'll probably enjoy your time a lot more. I almost in in, in regards to uh, Sean's previous uh, movie experience, uh, I almost fell asleep in this movie. That's how bored I was with it. I forgot to mention that, by the way. But uh, yeah, no no uh, no bueno on my end. Um, as much as it is nice to see a uh, little uh, Emma on the screen, just not, nah. I thought Tom Hanks could do no wrong. I was so wrong. So wrong. Uh, Peter, how about you? Terrible. Don't go see this. Uh, I think I think what I wrote was, it's two severed thumbs down. Uh, this was just, <laughs> I, just never go see this movie. There's so many other good things. Antitrust, Black Mirror, um... Yeah, to, to your point. Any good movie. Yeah, basically, basically any other movie would be much better. So, uh, what's it, what, any movie with com- computers involved? I'd just say any movie. Honestly, you pick a movie; it's probably <laughs> better than this movie. So, um, you're, you you've got a good bet. Just just get Netflix, 
Don't throw a dart at your TV, but you know, close your eyes, pick something. Guarantee you'll you have a better t- better time. If you have a Nerf gun with a with a um, suck suckhead dart at uh, the end of the thing with a little you know suction cup, you can shoot that. How about that? There we go, Matt. What, what did you think about the movie? What's your overall thought? It was the first movie I've seen with John Boyega that didn't have a Death Star. Um, <laughs> well, go watch Attack the Block. It's a lot better than this movie. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll have to check that out. Um, I am surprised that Dave didn't give this a shit emoji out of four stars. <laughs> I like to call that a, a... I actually now like calling those a Patrick Stewart, just based on the new emojis uh, movie oh, that's coming emojis out. Oh, the movie, that's yeah. right. Okay, I, I think of the pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, which I guess would still be the pop... You know, would still be a Patrick Stewart. <laughs> but um, anyway... I, I definitely can't say anybody should um, go see this movie or see this movie at all. Um, there, there were some fun parts, namely the comments that were popping up, you know, during her kind of transparency um, moments or going transparent moments, and so those were those are definitely the highlight of the movie. If they're, if, you know, if you could call them that, um, they were the the one good thing that came out of it. Uh, but I did think the entire time when I was watching this, how fun this would movie to movie would have been to be like watching it, like on a couch with some friends and just crit- you know, critiquing it or calling out subtle or absurd things during the movie, kind of like a mystery science theater 3000 kind of thing. So if somebody you're with does want to turn it on, if it's on Netflix or something for free and you know, you've got nothing to do, but drink some beers and, and trash talk a movie, this could be a good candidate. Uh, and there's, there's plenty there, at least for the first half an hour to an hour and then you can kind of just give up and go do something else with your day but that's about it yeah there's not much redeeming about the movie it's a it's a shame um but yeah what about you sean i think uh you know the logo in itself the circle i kept thinking c minus the whole time well this is definitely like lower than a c minus probably like a a d minus maybe an f uh the um the movie itself i probably would have rather watched the uh jobs movie with uh, ashton kutcher as steve jobs or uh I mean, even uh, like the internship, which was a great movie about Google, which has a lot of things in here. But um, yeah, I think we've kind of hit on everything. It just wasn't good. And it's really sad because one of the things that we talked about briefly at the beginning was that this was Bill Paxton's, I think Bill Paxton's last movie. So um, yeah, out of all was, the great things that, out of all the great things he's done, this is, this is like what he's going to have at like the, uh, the end, like this closes the book on his acting career. So um, really sad to see that. Uh, can't wait to see Karen Gillan next week back in blue paint uh, as Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And um, can't wait to see Emma Watson in anything else but this. So, and, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, and then uh, let's, let's not forget, I can't wait to see John Boyega in um, Episode uh, 8 here coming up in December. So... I think uh, overall uh, that uh, pretty much sums up everybody's thoughts on this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so don't go see it. Yeah. So yeah. So overall, not the best movie in the world. But uh, we will, however, get to a point where we're now. Uh, let's let's actually recommend some good movies that people can see. So let's do our potent picture of the week, boys. Uh, Sean, let's wrap back with you. Uh, Give us I a good one. I will because I, we wasted our time watching this movie. <laughs> I touched on this at the at the beginning, and I'm going to recommend it for everybody. Uh, Crashing on HBO, um, no matter how you stream it, uh, seems like a good show thus far. Um, I'm just getting into the second episode with T.J. Miller. It's uh, looking at the episode list, though. It's each comedian is a different uh, different uh, episode, so pretty pretty excited to keep watching this, and uh, I'm excited to go watch Silicon Valley uh, episode two of this season. After I get off the phone with you, or after we get off of this uh, closeout podcast with you, clowns. So, 
Um, that's what I got cooking this week. Um, what about you, Matt? What are you watching? Or what are you suggesting for everybody else? I'm actually, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to go Justified with uh, Timothy Oliphant. Um, real real good movie. Takes place in, or, sorry, real good show. Uh, FX from a few years ago. Six or seven solid seasons. De- definitely worth checking out. He's a uh, U.S. Marshal. Um, basically just, you know, wearing a cowboy hat and, and kicking ass. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. So, good characters. Um, Walter, Walter um, Goggins is uh, fantastic in it as well. So, definitely worth checking out if you get a chance. I think it's all on Netflix. So, it shouldn't be too hard to find and, and take a look. What about you, Peter? You know, I'll actually recommend something else that James Ponsalt did that was good. And I think we briefly talked about it at the end of the tour. I was really impressed with this movie. It had Jason Siegel and uh, Jesse Eisenberg in it. It's kind of centers around an author and he's being interviewed by somebody from a newspaper kind of comes to him and, and lives with him for a few days. And and you kind of get to experience the life of this, um, you know, this introvert, but he's a brilliant writer. It's a really engaging movie. It's it's a drama, but it's got some great comedic moments, great performances by both of them. Uh, it's amazing that somebody could make this movie and then go make The Circle. So if you want to go see something by James Ponselt that's really good, definitely the end of the tour. That's, that's totally worth it. So, uh, Dave, round us out. What do you got? All right. Like I said earlier, um, Black Mirror, always a great one to go watch. Uh, I know we've, we've probably discussed it in the past on some older ones, but... Uh, but definitely, definitely Black Mirror. Uh, go see it. Enjoy it. Much better um, version of this movie. Uh, but uh, other than that, I think we're, that'll do us for tonight. Uh, next week, as we talked uh, last week, we'll actually be going to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I think everybody's really, really excited for it. I know myself, I bought um, iPick tickets. These are the nice little uh, first-class pods. Uh, so we're going to go see that uh, this week. Or, yeah, this coming week. But uh, how about y'all? Uh, y'all, y'all gonna see anything special for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm gonna see it. <laughs> Nothing special. You're not, you're not, y'all not that excited, man? Oh man, I'm pumped. Oh no, I'm stoked. I, you know, I have the reserved. I mean, I bought tickets with the reserved seats just because that was the theater that was at the you know appropriate location. But okay, good. That's what we're doing. Are you guys going Thursday or are you gonna go on Friday? Uh, we couldn't uh, get Thursday. Yeah, we couldn't get it till Friday, uh, Sunday actually, which is unfortunate. At this particular, oh, wow. yeah, we oh, it was like three weeks out. To, we couldn't. I look buy forward it. to spoiling it for you. I <laughs> will punch you. Since you bought the tickets ahead of time, do you think that the showtime will exist when you get there, or you know? <laughs> <laughs> so interesting enough, it, uh, that brings up an interesting point. I went to go see uh, this movie today. This is how bad this movie is, I think, <laughs> which may actually go. Is uh, the theater I went to had a three fifty showing? Show up at about three uh, thirty. And uh, go to buy my ticket and notice it's not there. They have a they had a showing at 2:40 and then a showing at 6:40. And I'm looking at it. And I'm going, okay, hang on, let me check my app. Pull it up again. 3:50 showing on it. Go up to the counter and I ask them, um, you know, um, where's your 3:50 showing? She she looks at her computer. She goes, we've never had that all day. And I'm like, but the website. She's like, we don't have it. I'm like, okay. So then I was now scurrying around town trying to find this movie so I could review it with you guys. Unfortunately, the internet lies. The internet lies. So anyway, we can we can cut that out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I thought I thought Matt. I, I wanted, was talking shit. I, wanted, I thought Matt wanted me to tell that story. It was a bad yeah. story, but hey. 
it was a good story. Well, let, you can use my laugh. We'll put that at the beginning. You can use my laugh as the end of your story, Dave. Everybody will think <laughs> it's was, a great story. It was so bad. But anyway, I guess that's it for tonight, then, guys. Um, anything else y'all want to add? Don't go see the circle. Well, Don't. yeah, we've established that. <laughs> Just wanted to reiterate that point. Thank you, Sean. That was. If you want to see needed. a movie with circles, go see Meet the Parents. <laughs> that's a circle you want to be in. Or be outside of which, which? How do you want to be on that movie? Or just go you see. Uh, circle outside the Robert, circle. I would love to be in Robert, Robert De Niro's circle of trust. Go see. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Because I was just it's a circle. I was it's thinking round. the same nice. thing. It's a circle. It's just like a circle. <laughs> see that? That is a much better. Two circle. great movies that you should go see. Other much than much <laughs> Those are our two extra uh, potent picks for everybody. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's all we got for tonight. Thanks, everybody. No, Tom Hanks phoned it in. Emma Watson, I think, was actually trying, and she was okay. She was okay in most of it. There were a couple. This movie's just terrible. I mean, and the penis pumping is the best thing that was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is going on to the end of this podcast for sure because. Oh uh, God, that was good. Yeah, it's like I heard the 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 pump sound. I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. And it also made me want to want to watch Austin Powers, which I haven't seen in a while. Oh, so there we go. I guess this movie has its benefits. Few and few a and far between. Swedish penis enlarger. <laughs> one one receipt for a Swedish penis enlarger signed by Austin Powers. One book titled "My Swedish Penis Enlarger and Me," written by Austin Powers, signed by Austin Powers. Anyway, all right. All right, you ready for this? Am I the one right, that uh, hears? Bum, 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 that was bum, that was me. Bum, Didn't you hear bum, me do that? That's what Peter was. <laughs> nobody <laughs> well, was doing I that. I literally think it in my head every time he says it. I didn't even notice that you were doing it. <laughs> the Alan Parsons project. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, you really did the 1996 Chicago Bulls. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Standing at six foot six.